welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. My name is Samantha. I have Jocelyn, my lovely co-host with me. What's up, girl? Hey, lady. How you doing? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This has been a crazy week. It has. It's almost over. The standings are really starting to take shape. We've had mm-hmm. some teams that have fallen out. We have teams that are secure. And we have about five teams that are still in the middle and trying to vibe for those last four spots. Mm-hmm. So it's it's getting good. We're down. It's getting good. It's getting good. And some people are tired, but we'll talk about that very soon. I mean, I... I'm just going to get into it, Sam. Go my ahead. highlight, my highlight has to be my aces because you already know, and you know I was texting my my little fingers were getting to going. They were going fast. They were smoking, and I had to start voice noting you because listen, the aces. I knew that game against the Mystics. What was that on uh, Thursday night? This past Thursday, my aces mm-hmm. redemption, baby. All I have to say, okay, the highlight is redemption. Okay, cue the redemption song by Bob Marley. Okay, because my ladies pulled it through. Thank the Lord. At well, the- hold on one second, because yes. you talk about redemption. <laughs> last episode. Yes. You told me that you had all this faith in your Las Vegas Aces. Yeah. Their, I guess, new rival, the New York Liberty. And so what exactly happened last Monday but night? How do we talk about that? We don't even talk about that, that game. I think we do because you word redemption. So I think we do kind of need all to... Right. Whatever, a little bit. Yes, yes, whatever your freaking team, the Washington Mystics, did beat the Aces, and it's because listen, Washington, you were right. Once they got healthy, Washington is a problem. They are an absolute problem. Your team is a problem, and they definitely pose as a problem for my team, which is why I was talking so much that I'm getting back to Thursday about oh, the fact. <laughs> Lost two games back to back. Yes, they did. And you just want to breeze past that, but I think we need to kind of slow, slow down a little bit because. Well, that's why I'm using the word redemption. The buildup, we got to do it right because your fingers were definitely texting me very fast. <laughs> We were on a, what I would call for the Aces a losing streak. And the way we were losing was horrible. And what did I tell you guys? I told my sophisticated spectators, you, the sophisticated spectator, Sam, that like if we, like all these other teams were figuring out once Liberty, once the Liberty beat them terribly the first time, the first time, because it was the second time, you know, like once <laughs> them horribly the first time i was like they're showing everybody how what to do like how to beat this team they're you know like this whole super super team has become not so much they became a beatable team they were like david was slaying goliath left and right basically you know what i mean and since liberty the liberty has figured out how to since the liberty has figured out like like their whole game plan and how to work together and and how to just 
run their plays and run their offense and figure out their defense, they were unstoppable and they were winning by large amounts, especially against my Aces team. And then lo and behold, the Washington Mystics wanted to come and freaking bring in some, some funk and some power and some defense and some Brittany Sykes. <laughs> and she was a pest. And, and like, again, like I said, the last episode, you take away uh, Chelsea Gray's vision. That's it. That is the head of the snake, you know? She is the, the core general. She's out there. The one, She has to see. She has to be able to have those eyes. And we all know that she has that, uh, what is it, peripheral vision. She has eyes behind her back, her, her head at this point. And listen, Brittany Sykes was all up in that. So I love that they figured it out this past Thursday, okay? <laughs> they figured out how to get their umph back and what they needed to do was go into their bag of tricks and pull out all the stops. And I was telling Sam, I was like, I feel it. I feel it tonight. It's our night for as far as the aces go, not for your mystics. But I was like, I know it's going to be a good game. And that it was, I think it was a great game. I was highly entertained and I have to take my hat off, not only to my aces figuring it out because what were what were my ladies doing? They were rebounding, okay? They were out here taking great shots. They were swinging the ball. Spacing was good. And I'm like, these are all the points, again, that, you know, because clearly Sam and I are coaches at this point. But, you know, we talked about these are the, these are the things that they needed to, to change. And it's not like they weren't aware of it. They just weren't doing it. And I know it was frustrating them because they were getting tired of losing. I was getting tired of them losing. Becky was getting tired of them losing, and they finally stopped. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see. They're playing again. They're playing. Who do they have up next? Seattle. Um, who? Seattle. They play. Seattle, the Storm. So, I mean, they don't really need to go crazy. Hopefully, we get more of the bench. Uh, to, uh, you know, they're playing tonight because uh, we're recording with Saturday. So, yeah, um, you know. They're definitely going to probably rest most, hopefully rest most of their starters because Becky seems to not be, you know, weary of going into the bench anymore. So that's what I'm loving. I'm loving that she's using her team in full because right now is the time because people are, you know, the starting five who play mostly the whole all 40 minutes, they are tired. They're exhausted. And we're going to talk about that yet again. I keep hitting at it, but you know, again, I just want to say congratulations, Aces. Keep this same energy. Com- compound on it, please, because you're going to need all of it. All the legs, all the strength, all the tricks, all the confidence, all of Kia Stokes giving us more, please, God in heaven. I, I'm praying to the gods that, like, Kia just figures out what she ne- that she needs to give more. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not even going to put it on Alicia Clark's hair anymore because they've won without her hair at the top button. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to put all the fate in the hair anymore. It's fine. Whatever. I'm over it. I gave her my timeout. I'm done with it. But I, I think that she's finally, you know, they finally got over that curse. And I'm really hoping that they kill it in the playoffs. They better kill it. I also wore my jersey last uh, the other night, so that's probably why we won. But anyway, still superstition over here. Still superstitious over here. 
No, but what's your highlight, Sam? Okay, so my highlight is the Connecticut-New York game that just took place Friday night, yesterday. And it wasn't so much the game. It was more so the realization of how bad things have gotten in the league right now. Um, Because a little bit of a, I guess, behind-the-scenes backstory, if you don't quite keep up with the WNBA as much, um, Connecticut was on a back-to-back. Um, they played on Thursday night in Connecticut and then they played Friday night against New York. And first of all, back-to-back games are always insane. I think they're so stupid. I think in addition to that, you know, the league has said that moving forward, any back-to-back games will be chartered. So they'll take like a private plane. But the problem with Connecticut specifically is that they play in Uncasville and the closest airport is an hour away. So majority of the times they drive to New York because it's right there. So to think you have 12 WNBA players riding in a coach bus from Uncasville, Connecticut to New York City after just playing a hard fought game against the Mercury to then come back and play New York the next day, who's the number two team in, in the league right now. Like it bothered me that they were playing a back to back, but it also bothered me that these two teams were projected to be at the top when the season started. Right. People were actually saying that Connecticut was destined to win if it wasn't for like the Bree Jones and season any injury. So if I'm the executive that's in charge of finalizing the schedule, why would I put a potential playoff matchup game on a Friday night right at at the end of a back-to-back like it just doesn't make any sense to me Connecticut looked exhausted by halftime like DB was not scoring AT just looked real disheveled there was no defense going on there was no baskets to be made like everything just looked a mess and New York looked seamless and it almost it was very much giving Space Jam like (laughs) versus the Monstars (laughs) Very much giving like this game was over at halftime, yeah. you know, and but. it was just devastating to watch. Like I said, because this is supposed to be like a potential playoff matchup. Like these two teams could potentially meet in the second round of the playoffs. Absolutely. And so we get excited for games like this in the regular season that are like hot tickets. Like it was the first ever West Indian night at mm-hmm. the Barclays Center. It was a Friday night game, which means you're expecting a lot of young people, a lot of families, a lot of people that coming much. after work, like sold out crowd. You're expecting a huge audience. Plus it's televised. So why would you not want to put a good product out there for the people to see? If we're talking about like building the league, making the league grow, gaining more interest, gaining more monetary value. Why would you not, why would you make decisions that are ultimately going to stop you from doing all of that, you know? And so that kind of segues into our discussion for, you know, this episode, because it was just recently announced. Well, let me backtrack a little bit, (laughs) because early on, before the season even started, Kathy Engelbert, the WNBA commissioner, announced on draft night that beginning this season, all playoff travel will be chartered, which was a big deal because in previous years, 
it was regular commercial flights. And then last year they switched it to, if you made it to the finals, then it was charter. Mm -hmm. So now this year they have finally made it to all playoff game travel will be chartered, which, you know, we had kind of hoped was going to lead into eventually the entire season. Like first we had the back-to-back games were chartered. Then now we have playoff games being chartered and we're building our way towards chartering being the norm and so it's a big deal you know and she even reiterated it at the all-star game two big platforms in which you're making a blanket statement that these games will include charter travel huge but now three days ago right thursday 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 An article came out by The Next Hoops saying that they had gotten their hands on, I guess, an addendum to Kathy Engelbert's statement, basically saying that there was super duper fine print that had not been (laughs) disclosed before, basically saying that not there's a potential for not all playoff travel to be chartered. And so my initial thoughts were confusion, I must say. Um, So before we get a little bit into the details of what the um, addendum with the super duper fine print actually said, (laughs) I sent you the article because, of course, I saw it on Twitter. And so I wanted to get your initial thoughts before we get deep into what exactly the addendum said because I was very much not happy and I felt like we were taking steps backward. I felt like she was kind of moonwalking it a little bit. She was and not in a cool swaggy way at all. I think that should also be the name of the of the episode super duper fine super <laughs> deep super fine print. Super <laughs> but anyway my first you know initial just reaction to it was also confusion i was bewildered i'm like and then i was also like this is not reneging in spades and to back up what you said she's said this twice or at least more than once that you know the playoff like the games would be chartered and you know you even had your girl alicia clark coming on the, the she was what on the twitter streets was she in the twitter streets alicia clark from the aces and she's not a problematic person. For the most part, Alicia Clark is extremely politically correct. She's like your go-to poster child if you want to get, like, good commentary around basketball, women's sports, and, like, around the cause or anything like that. Like, she's your – she's great with media. She's your lady. And she's even appalled and kind of confused and, and, and upset. She's perturbed. Everybody is. And I think I, I, I clearly am as well because it didn't make any sense to me, to be honest with you. And and it's kind of like you have to account you gotta atone for this. You gotta atone for this, Kathy. What's what's going on, Kathy? Like you, you gotta explain to yourself, you gotta explain everything to us because we are confused. We don't understand how all of a sudden it was and now it wasn't. Was there some issues on the back end? Were you were you just talking out of your mouth because it sounded good? You know, like did something fall through last minute? We need answers because just saying, Oh yeah, that you know, what I said before, JK, there's some stipulations in there that I gotta add. And I don't understand that, you know, I felt like 
I just felt like she lied straight up. I'm just calling what it is. I felt like she lied because at this point it's too late to be, to be sending that out to, you know, that information, that new addendum to this whole statement that you stated and, and completely just kind of going back on your offer, going back on this promise that these ladies definitely need. We just talked about, you just talked about how the ladies, uh, you know, the son just went back to back. That game at the Barclays Centers was supposed to be a huge game. I love that you talked about how it was Friday night, all the different people that you're thinking that are probably going to be in this crowd and they just did not get the game that they wanted. I was ready for the game. I'm like, it's Friday night. Basketball is on. The WNBA is here. We got the New York Liberty and the Connecticut Sun up against each other. And then I went, oh, but wait. I just talked about the fact that, you know, somebody later on in the episode will talk about that I have for a breakout star played excellent. And that was the night before. So I'm like, here we go. That's probably going to be a huge problem. They're playing, they're playing the New York Liberty, who's been on a high ever since. Honestly, I'll just say ever since they started kicking butt, was they whooped the aces behind the first time. You know, they've just kind of been on cloud nine at this point, literally on cruise control, and just really everything's just been working. So they. Basically, that's it being said, Connecticut Sun needed to bring their A game. And also, it was a big game night on a Friday night. Are you kidding me? In New York City, and you don't have anywhere else to be but in this stadium. And that's the kind of game that we got. So it's just like, what are they doing over there? So that just kind of goes back to like not even thinking about these ladies. So when you, when, when she had, when she said something like, you know, oh, JK on the whole thing with the charter flights. It's kind of like, well, sort of expected. I'm not even surprised at this point. I'm not surprised. They're not setting up the ladies for success. It seems like they're deliberately, or not even they are. Kathy seems like she is deliberately setting up the ladies for failure. That's what I thought. Yeah, well, let's talk about what exactly was said in the addendum. Mm -hmm. So um, they still are saying that you can get charter flights back and forth during the series but the when it becomes a contingency is if you choose to fly if you're if you're the away team and you choose to fly home before going to your next destination for the next round of the playoffs Mm -hmm. your your both trips will not be chartered so if you opt to go home your home flight can be chartered but you're going away to the next destination flight would not or vice versa. Like Mm -hmm. you could go home on commercial and then fly back on charter, which becomes a problem if you are one of the top three to four teams and you potentially sweep in the first round, you know, you get to stay home. But if you are on the bottom four teams and let's say you upset and a sweep happens, you have to go and you would like to go home before going to your next destination you don't have that option mm-hmm. without having to charter commercial. commercial one of the destinations right and they put in there that if you <laughs> choose to go home and you fly commercial anywhere in there you will be reimbursed per the playoff 
transportation policy. Yeah, like some reimbursement. It's supposed to make people feel better about things. Yes, it's supposed to. Commercial flights, I mean, they're expensive, but really? Like, yeah. that's the most you can do? Oh, reimburse me for my $300 one-way ticket? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, it's, it's not enough. And so I was reading a statement from the NFL Players Association before we get into some of the player comments. I was reading a statement um, by the Players Association for the NFL. And they, in part, let me find it. Um, this person is the NFLPA medical director. Um, and he talked about how travel, especially airplane travel, can have significant effects on your health. And he listed including reduced oxygen levels, reduced sleep, greater risk of catching a contagious illness. Um, being confined with physical inactivity for long periods of time can lead to pain, stiffness, swelling. Obviously, we know things as severe as blood clots, yes. um, which ultimately can have negative effects on, you know, how you are able to perform as an athlete. Yeah. And so they are standing in support of the WNBA Players Association as they advocate for better transportation. Um, even just more reasonable transportation, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. and so advocating that once again, if you want a better product, if you want these women, and it isn't even, I'm not even going to say these women, cause I'm going to say across all professional organizations, not even just these women in the WNBA, but we're talking even professional women's soccer, professional women's anything, like Any, anything doing right. with women's sports, like, because the goal is to ultimately grow women's sports, mm-hmm. not even women's basketball you know when we're talking about you know growing the game we're this these are the things that are constantly being brought up you know the safety of the players the health and wellness of the players um making sure that they're you're getting the most bang for your buck because at the end of the day and we've talked about this like we understand that executives want to monetize most like they want to spend a little and make a lot you know, yeah. we also know it doesn't take a genius to know that in order to make money, you have to spend money, you know. And so that looks like better travel accommodations, better housing accommodations, standing firm in the schedule. You know, this year, according to the new CBA, they added six games to the season. So we went from 34 games last season to 40 games this season. But the length of the schedule is the same. <laughs> so you have added six games, which theoretically should add at minimum 12 days to the schedule. And that is playing every other day, 12 days to the schedule. But you have added six games and kept the length of the schedule the same. Yeah. When you're talking about wear and tear on people's bodies, you have now squeezed 40 games into this short season and are making them travel on buses, making them travel on commercial planes in coach with the inability to upgrade, even just on a personal, like if an individual player wanted to upgrade or maybe a coach wanted to upgrade their entire team, like none of that is allowed. The most you can do is sit your players in an exit row, which half the time those seats don't even recline. You know, so 
we're talking about all of these things and then you expect to put out a good product like you're making games back to back and but you can't get a good product that way you know and so i'm confused as to where the league goes from here and i was even reading an article where league officials unnamed league officials were saying that this decision is stupid you know (laughs) of course they were going to be unnamed because these people are probably working for kathy you know (laughs) i would go on record i would have been like put my name down billy put me on record (laughs) but it it is a serious problem you know and so we heard from alicia clark on um twitter and one of the things she also said which i couldn't find in an article but it may have just been a part of the addendum that we weren't privy to right was that if your travel is less than 200 miles you don't get um you don't fly commercial at all so i'm like so if connecticut and new york has to play in the second round of the playoffs they're you driving, they're busting it. Driving back and forth? Yep, they're busting it. What is going on? <laughs> like, we're yeah. professionals. But, but, we're, but are we? Are we, though? Because it, it's kind of been, like, I'm just going to call it what it is. We are honest on this podcast. We tell the truth. And it literally seems like sabotage. Like, I don't understand what all the stipulations are. Like, I really need her to release a statement kind of, you know, giving us a little bit more because everybody's outraged. This is giving like, uh, remember the NCAA and when the girls were like having like to practice in these crazy conditions or like didn't even have enough equipment to, to, uh, to practice properly in the tournament as opposed to what it looked like on the men's side and that's college and it's and it just we already knew that there's a disparity we already know it and and work in the workforce period right and everybody's going to run this whole gambit of oh yeah the nba has been out longer there's more money in it there's blah 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 sure sure but as you talked as we both talked about offline there is money in the WNBA. Now, the decisions that are being made are literally defeating that that just the possibility of it growing to this to the magnitude that we all know it can and even surpassing it. You know, when the main product is the players, there's no game if the players aren't playing, right? If your faves are too tired and exhausted, to play like at this t- at this point it's it's giving a lawsuit you know it's giving we work in terrible conditions we can't work under this you know like it's it's giving we're not going to be healthy to perform to work like this is their job this is their profession people might laugh at it or whatever and have your own thoughts about it but these are and WNBA play they are players that the, they're employees they are working. Every game is a job. You know, of course, for some, for most, it's the love of their life. It's the greatest job ever. But the fact is, they need support. And it's not even coming from up top. And and they're up top. Kathy is out here giving, handing out false promises. 
and it's gotten to the point where it's just kind of like, where does it end? Are we about to get a strike from the daggone WNBA players at this point? I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the future. Well, because- I wouldn't either because um, I have kind of been fearing it for a long time. And obviously, like, we're not players, so we don't know the conversations that are being right. had. We don't know the thought processes that are going on. But uh, Satu Savali recently did an interview with MavsMoneyBall.com. Um, and she was quoted saying, don't promise things you can't accomplish. And she goes on to say, this is something that is preventable. And she finished by saying, we can't rely on the league. Promises were made and they aren't being fulfilled. And that's a dangerous place to be in when you are a league that is trying to grow and you are beginning to lose faith in your organization because ultimately like you said like these players are working under a union there are certain agreements that are made but eventually that agreement is going to run out you know they almost went to strike over the last cba, CBA you know yeah. an agreement season started on time everything was good but we're seeing an increase in industries going on strike. You know, we see it, we hear about it a lot with like healthcare workers, yeah. nurses specifically. Um, but now we're seeing it in the airlines. You know, we've seen it a lot in other major sports. We've seen the infamous like baseball strikes with yeah, the NBA. So we've seen more and more. Now we have the writer strike yeah. and the actors are on strike. Um, So we're seeing more and more, and I think especially in light of everything that has happened with COVID, and now we're in this post-COVID kind of weird era, Um, and I don't even know if I would call it post-COVID, but I'll say post-the serious part of the pandemic. Post-quarantine, because no one's quarantined. COVID is completely out here. Where COVID is, you know, very quickly just becoming a part of our norm, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're in this weird kind of in-between era where people are trying to find their new normal, but they're also realizing that life is short and that my work has to at some point work for me, yeah. you know, because life is just flying by, you know? And so for, I, I do believe that Satu speaks for a lot of people. And like you said, we saw Alicia Clark make her comments on Twitter as well. So, and I think these two women speak for a lot of the league. And it's interesting that Satu is on the younger end of the spectrum. You know, this is only her fourth season now, 2021. I thought it was third, but she might be right. Her fourth season. Um, And then, but Alicia Clark has been in the league for many, many years. She's a two time champion. She's in her, you know, later 30s. And so she's very established in this league. She, you know, is very veteran and so but when you have two people from two totally different vantage points both agreeing on the same thing it's not like you could say oh it's a young thing or oh it's a a league thing you know it's not an old versus young it's not a millennial versus gen x or millennial versus gen z like this is an issue you know and it's it's now getting to a point where it's like the rubber is meeting the road you know and whether we talk about the schedule, whether we talk about what arena these players play in, or we talk about travel, like there's so many different ways you could take it. But at the end of the day, it's like you said, in order to make money, you have to put out a good product. And there are so many fans that are invested 
in wanting to see a good product that are invested in the growth of the game that are invested in the success of the league. And sometimes it feels like the executives behind the scenes are not invested. And it's hurtful because this league represents so much more than just basketball. You know, we've talked about it many times, the, the communities and the people that are represented through the league. Um, And so it's hurtful to see because you have the next generation of people that are watching this league and want to grow up playing in this league. And I was having a conversation with another sophisticated spectator and was telling him that I don't even know if a player as big as Angel Reese would even appreciate this league the way that it that we would like to see it be appreciated because like they would not appreciate her you know she brings so much notoriety she brings so much growth she brings so much now fame to the league and we've talked about it before is is she going to come into the league and feel like it's a step down like she should players like her that are coming up in this next generation in the wave of nil and you know power five schools and all those things like they should come into the league and feel like it is now a continued like step above like I'm constantly moving a step ahead a step further I think of people like Liz Cambage who wanted to come into this league because they had hopes for that and then that didn't happen for them I wonder how much this next wave of you know young adults coming into this league after getting the notoriety in college are now going to feel like they're not getting what they desire out of this league Right. I mean, Angel Reese pretty much alluded to that. You know, she, I'm not even alluded. She kind of straight up said, why would I even want to go into the draft if I'm, you know, doing so well on this side? I think I'm going to stay here. They're, they're flying better. Their transportation is better in college than on the pro level. You know, it's, and we go back, it goes back to us having the same conversation again around, the differences between the men's side and the women's side. Like even when it comes to the draft, even when it comes to getting in the league, get going to the league, being, you know, accepted into the league, playing at that high level on the men's side is a huge honor. They already know they're set for life. But when you're a WNBA player, you're thinking about five other different things at the same time. You're thinking okay, where am I going to live? How am I going to get there? Am I going to be able to afford this place? But, you know, like you're thinking about so many other things where on the men's side, you can actually just focus in on the moment, you know, and like everything else is just going to come to pass because those contracts, let's just face it, they're way better. They have way more dollar signs in them, way more zeros or, you know, the commas in many different places, (laughs) you know, and the difference with the women's side is that it's just not like that. Let's just be honest. It's not there as far as on the professional level, which is insane to me to be going forward in life. Shouldn't mean a step back in so many different areas there. You're sacrificing. I don't understand that. So, I mean, Kathy really has to look at this because as these things are happening now, there are young ladies, young girls, young, young, athletes that are looking like do I really want to make that move like it's just looking like maybe college is the best and that might be the end all be all and see what I can do after that 
but maybe not the league because, or, or maybe these other leagues that the players are creating because those just seem better because the WNBA doesn't like the people in charge don't seem to really care. And we keep talking about this, but it's just a fact. It just seems like they do not care about these ladies. And I don't understand that because now you're messing with your money execs. Like, I don't get it. Do you want it to crash and burn? Do you want it to fail? Because now you're messing with these, these ladies' bodies. They are tired. They're exhausted. You want these tired legs literally before the before, before playoffs? And you think that's supposed to put you in this great light? Like this is what this was the Friday um the game on Friday night was supposed to be one of the last biggest games before the the uh push the put the playoffs. So I don't get like how that was smart in any way, shape, form. <laughs> you know. I also don't understand how you know when we talk about growing the game, the biggest thing that always comes up is expansion. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you can as an executive talk about expansion in light of all the conversations that are going on behind the scenes. You know, we've talked about the scheduling issues. We've talked about the travel issues. We've talked about the home court issues. We've talked about the pay disparities. And these are not just issues that we just came up with off the top of our head. These are issues that the league has talked about, that the league is constantly trying to address, not even just this season, you know? And so you know, when we talk about growing the game, yes, we would love to see expansion. We would love to see more teams. We would love to see more fan bases. We would love to see everybody in every major city in the country, like falling in love with women's basketball and having access to the WNBA because there's lots of cities that used to have teams and don't have teams anymore or have never had a team and are truly deserving of one. But at the end of the day, until you can address the travel, the schedule, the home courts, the roster sizes, yeah, like the, the amount of injuries that are occurring, the the fact that these women don't have their own locker rooms, like until you can the the length of the season, the disparities, <laughs> like until Scheduling. you address those things, yeah, I I'm I'm not on board with expanding to more teams because you're just bringing more teams into the chaos. Like I was just about to say, are you also expanding those terrible conditions? <laughs> you can't sit here and tell me that it is more affordable for you to expand to a new team in a new city and grow an entirely new fan base than it is to take care of the teams you already have. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just don't see that as a smart decision. Like that was the problem with the league when it first started back in the 1990s, like they found this hot thing and women's basketball was just blowing up at that time because you had the insurgents from UConn and, and USC and all of these major schools in between were, you know, Tennessee were like pumping out these amazing players that after their four years, you just watched them all go overseas, you know? And so then you saw this, you know, the 1996 Women's Olympic basketball team with Dawn yeah. Stingley and Rebecca Lobo and yeah. all of these greats. And they're saying, well, we're, we're producing all this talent and then we're sending them all away to wherever <laughs> in the world. Like, why not have that here? Yeah. So that's why the league started, you know? And so it started out hot, obviously, because when you crave women's basketball and you just want more, like, it's going to be there. The audience has always been there. But then they grew so quickly, 
98 had new teams, 99 had new teams by 2000. Like they constantly were just cranking out new teams by the pair. Mm-hmm. And then they started to realize that we're going too fast because teams are starting to fold, you know, yeah. because ownership was not seeing a return on their investment as quickly as had been promised. And quickly teams were just falling out of it, you know? And so we've now been over a decade since a team has, since a franchise has folded. We are comfortable where we are. We've had a few teams in recent years that have moved to different cities and they found their fan base. They have found their audience and they're comfortable there. But we don't want to fall into that trap again of growing too quickly. I'm terrified for that to happen. And I know lots of other people are terrified of that to happen. So when we talk about growth of the game, I just, for me, expansion of more teams is not a priority if we're just going to bring more players into the mess. Yeah. I agree with you. It's kind of like there's a block on fire and instead of tending to those homes that are on fire, you're building a new, building a new neighborhood you haven't even addressed the chaos that's going on across right you're like let's add to the block let's build a new home (laughs) meanwhile the smoke is coming up you're coughing it's just it it doesn't make sense it's not logical it's not practical and it's not going to work and i hate to be negative i'm you know i told you i'm listening to the secret i'm trying to be positive putting good energy out there but when it's the facts are the facts in this situation, Kathy has to find a way to rectify this. I don't know what she's going to do, what she's going to say, but now it is it, not kind of, it's really putting a, a tainting and, and putting a damper on her credibility at this point. When you have, like you said, uh, women in the league from two different sides of the spectrum being newly in the league not too long ago and been there as a true veteran speaking on the same issues and not being happy with it. Now you have a problem because there's going to be, if they're talking out about it on a public platform, you have to believe that there's way more talks about it and way more talks that people having it with like more money and also more leadership. So when you have like the coaches starting to talk about it, they're not happy. That's when you really have issues. You know, when these programs are going to start kind of going, looking to you, like we're promising our ladies these things. We're letting them know we're even, it's, it's, this can also mess with their game plan. You know what I mean? Like if they're like, I have to worry about if my, if my, my players can even perform right now because they're exhausted and now I have to work out my whole game plan on how we're going to play this other team who just so happened to be lucky and got at least two or three days in between to get some rest. That's just not fair. You know, like, and I know we talked about, like, even with the Aces, about how we can't use fatigue as an excuse. But when it's literally, legitimately just in your face, you kind of have to go, well, wait a minute. I might have to take that back and kind of go, we do need to look at the fact that this scheduling and just the promises that aren't being kept, the conditions that we have to, to one, travel in, and then secondly, after that, perform at a high level and work to do our job, it's not working. And then what is that going to do? Ultimately, it's like a domino effect. It's just going to make these fans uninterested. They're going to be like, uh, never mind, not going because I don't want to see my team get blown out. 
you know, I still can't get over the fact that it was a Friday night. Okay, it was a Friday night. These are big ticket games. You're losing money this way. You're losing money. And then once people start to talking online, that's it. It's over. And yeah. you already have people having issues with wanting to uh, allegedly watch the game and having problems around where to find the games and, and when they're coming on. And then you finally get people in the seats. You finally are doing, you're doing all the marketing that you need to do. And people are invested. They're ready. And this is the crap you put forth because you literally are setting up these ladies for failure. It's kind of like, girl, get out. Sorry, you got to go. <laughs> yeah. But when you're talking about being tired, I know that, you know, the players and the coaches, they don't like to talk about being tired, you know, no. because at the end of the day, the fans don't care if you're tired. They yeah. pay a lot of money to travel to the games, to buy the tickets, to buy the jerseys, do all right. of the things like they the players don't like to complain about being tired. And so when I hear people saying like, oh, Becky Hammond is like the only coach that talks about her players being tired. I mean, let's talk about the fact that, I mean, Satu said it in her interview just the other day that Dallas played four games in seven days. Yeah. And while we don't want to talk about being tired, imagine playing four professional basketball games in a seven day period. The Aces, when they were on their slump, played 11 games in 23 days. Yep. The Liberty, to close out this season, are going to be playing five games in 11 days Yeah, against some tough opponents. Yeah. You know, so when you're talking about tired, like, Becky Hammond is one of those coaches that is always going to speak out for her players. Not many coaches will do that. Mm -hmm. But Becky Hammond is one of those people that is like, enough is enough. Like, I know we're going through some things right now, and a lot of it you could see on the tv as evidenced yeah. by us losing <laughs> right but at the end of the day we are tired it is it an excuse no but it is a fact like yeah. you got teams playing back to back you got teams playing every other for every other 10 days yeah. 15 days 20 days like and then the travel like it's exhausting and we already mentioned like the, the wear and tear that it puts on your body yeah it all comes down to having like wanting to put out a good product. And I know that these players, as much as they speak out for the things that they want to see the league do for them deep down, it's because they want to put out a good product. It's not because mm -hmm. they want to live this like lifestyles of the rich and famous and fly around in private jets and like walk around with a silver spoon. No, it's because this is a fan-led league. It always has been. You know, the fans are the ones that are talking about the issues. The fans are the ones that are doing like us and creating podcasts and blogs and doing, you know, uh, groundwork. You know, we are the ones that are speaking about these things. And while we may not know all of the issues, we're the ones speaking about it. And so if the fans are seeing it, if the fans are feeling like they are not getting the best product out there, the players are going to say something, yeah. you know, because I know what the aces are capable of because we've seen it. We've you seen know? it. And yeah. we've seen what happens when they're tired. We've seen what happens when New York is tired. We've seen yeah. what happens when, when, when Dallas is tired, like we've seen it, you know? So because New York had a back-to-back -back a few weeks ago they did. 
They and did. they played the Aces, and then the next day they flew to Phoenix and played the Mercury. And they the Mercury won, but you know, struggling all season. And <laughs> even though New York won, they struggled to win. Like they yeah. fought hard to win. You know, it was not a cakewalk. You know, mm-hmm. so even though they won, they weren't just gonna punk out and take the L. Like they were gonna yeah. go for it. <laughs> they were but gonna put it, it wasn't in the as easy as it would may have been if they had had rest. Well rested, yeah. You know, so when we're thinking about like players speaking out, coaches speaking out, they're not speaking out and saying that we're tired because we want to be divas. We <laughs> want to be able to put out a good product, period. You know, and so some players I know are reluctant to say like, I'm tired. I'm hurt. I'm going through things right now because then you feel like the fans are going to be like, oh, well, I paid X amount on out. That's why you hear players saying, I want to play. Because yeah. people, like, especially the top players are like, people pay to see me. Like, yeah. people are mad when Asia Wilson is out. Like, people are mad when Stewie is out or Alyssa Thomas is out or, you know, Alicia Gray or Ryan Howard. Like, people are mad when these players are out. So they're fearful to say, like, I'm tired. I'm yeah. hurting. I'm injured. I'm, I'm, uh, my brain is not right. Like, my mentals are not right. Like, people are mm-hmm. scared to say those things. Because they know that at the end of the day, they want to put out a good product. And so if they, if they're desired to put out a good product, we have to give them the platform to be able to put out a good product, period. Yeah. I mean, my thing is this, I'm more concerned because what happens with fatigue, you know, and I'm just remembering from like when I played and, and we were only going upwards of like maybe an hour tops, probably like 40, 30 minutes or so to games on a bus. But like just within that time, it it definitely is an issue, you know? And like my major, again, my major problem with all of this is fatigue can lead to injury. Fatigue can lead to injury. So you don't want your major, your top player kind of, you know, tired and then injuring themselves because they're tired from the one, the trip there. They're exhausted from you know, playing probably the night before and then two, three, having to, to give their all in this game and play to the ability that they know they can. I mean, think about Candace. Candace played half the season with a There you go. And, you know, I know the, you have to believe that the entire time she was thinking like, okay, the pros and cons of surgery plus (laughs) I'm 37. I signed this one year deal. People right. are expecting me to play because they feel like this may be the last time they ever see me play. Mm-hmm. I have to perform for everybody. My family's looking at me. I, I've sacrificed a year with my children, so I want to make sure that it's worth it. But yep. my foot hurts. Do I have the surgery? Do I not have the surgery? Like, will people be mad at me if I decided that I just needed the surgery? Like, will the fans be disappointed? Will the season ticket holders be disappointed? Will my teammates and my coaches be disappointed? Like, yeah. All these things are going on in your head. And she's thinking about this while she has literally a broken bone. Yeah. In her foot. She's six foot four, flying commercial with a broken foot. Yeah. She is riding on buses with a broken foot. She is playing basketball with a broken foot. Because (laughs) at the end of the day, she just wanted to put out a good product. Yeah. She just wanted to be the Candace Parker. Like. Because that she's everybody, yeah. and now she has to live up to it, and that's the pressure. That's the pressure, 
that's real that everybody's like you know coming to see people obviously want to see candace parker she's the name she's one of the biggest names in the WNBA right now even injured you know so like it, it's kind of it, it's it's giving what are we going to do now kathy because she's she's created you know she's opened up pandora's box with this one you know and it's kind of like too little too late what are you going to do you need a great pr team you need the best the best amongst like i don't know what you need but you need to start you need to start talking to delta maybe you need to get these partnerships in because i don't understand how at least at this point this hasn't been squared away and already done and like there's a smooth sailing at this point so the women can focus on winning because that's what they want to do in the playoffs. You want to win. You know, there shouldn't be all this other turmoil that they're they're up against besides their opponents and their own mentals. And they shouldn't you know? even have to be thinking about this. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like three, four games left in everybody's schedule. We should not still be talking about this stuff. Like, no, this we shouldn't. That was announced before the season even started, like draft night, before even training camp started. Yeah. This- we should not be talking about this a week and a half before the season ends. Like my Agreed. mind be on finishing this season and what it's going to take to make it through the playoffs or finishing the season so that I can already start planning for next season. If I didn't make the playoffs, that is it. That's it. That's it. It should just be, how are we going to tackle these teams you know, like, when, when are we going to get some rest to get some practice in? What do we still need to practice on? What do we need to still run? It should be all game plans as far as being successful and making it to the semifinals and the finals and the championship game. That's what should be on everybody's radar. This is the time of upsets and all that stuff. So you don't want outside factors you know, being one of the main catalysts that could turn your number one, two, or three, or four seed into a not no longer eliminated, you know? <laughs> like, we don't want that. We don't want that right now, especially not from the mother... Oh, excuse me. I was about to cuss out here. <laughs> not from no dag on mother freaking <laughs> Trample. You know, like, get it the cat. You know what? I'm giving my dad on timeout to Kathy. Kathy, or get the hell out of Dodge, okay? Because we don't like what we're seeing, and we've been holding our voices, and we haven't called your name out. But it is you, Miss Cat. You know you better take it back. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, now that we've gotten all of that off our chest. Let's go ahead and shout out our breakout stars because even though there's a lot of turmoil going on in the league right now, there have still been some players that are doing it big and we want to shout them out. All right, so without further ado, my breakout star, former Gamecocks alum, guard drafted back in the bubble, year 2020, first round, seventh pick overall, Went to Dallas Wings and ended up in Connecticut, to the, with the Connecticut Sun in 2023. 
it's no other than my girl ty harris number 52 like i said the connecticut sun yes girl listen i was a little nervous like you know 2020 was a crazy year to be your rookie season you know coming into the bubble mm -hmm. and i was like ty has so much talent that i felt like was just untapped and i don't think that it really got to the you know it didn't really peak her rookie season and there were so many other rookies coming in that year i just kind of felt like she she kind of got overshadowed and she didn't go to a bad team you know she was also playing with uh, Arike, so you know, there was a lot of light there, you know, but she's finally found her stride now with this Connecticut Sun team. Uh, she capitalized on the opportunity. She basically knew that Dijanae Carrington was out with a foot injury, and she had to come in and step up, and that she did against the Phoenix Mercury. I mean, homegirl was balling. It, it, she has that like calm, cool, collected demeanor about her. Her her just strength and agility and her IQ is really impeccable to me. And when she's confident, you can tell when she's not confident and when she is, or kind of like if she makes a mistake or maybe shouldn't have taken a shot. She kind of like you can see it in her face a little bit, but she quickly go, quickly goes back to that stoic like you know demeanor and look about her and then she she gets it in so she dropped 18 points that game and i'm so loving it congratulations to ty i mean it's been a long time coming my sophisticated spectators but at this point i think she's good unfortunately yeah they did play that back to back and that game didn't look that great but they were exhausted they were tired and she was tired from after putting up 18 points on y'all so relax okay relax i think she's going to be good as long as you know obviously i hope a speedy recovery for dejanay carrington but once you know as she's out and ty is in i'm hoping that she continues to just put in the best minutes that she can and just fill up that stat sheet so she could continue to play because I think she's putting up great numbers um, and she's just doing exactly what needs to be done and that's going to give her more playing time. So kudos to you, Ty. Give me your, your flowers. Keep it up. It's only up from here. You're in there, girl. Congratulations. That's my break. <laughs> Ty, this is a good pick. I actually wanted to pick her last week, but then they ended up losing, and I was like, all right. Yeah. But I was listening to a podcast earlier on in the season uh, with Ty Harris, and she just talked about how going into a new team with a new system, a new coach, she just wanted to be like a sponge, and she just wanted to soak up everything that she was being told and all of the like new plays that she was learning she was learning her teammates personalities and their playing styles and the coaches and just everything and you could really tell like her growth so far over the season has just been onwards and upwards as she continues to just like get a handle on what connecticut is trying to do so impeccable growth great pick Thank you. i'm impressed with her this season same same my <laughs> <laughs> My pick for this week is actually going to be Maureen Johannes out of the New York Liberty. I have been so impressed with her. Um, and I will 
paraphrase what Becky Hammond said in one of her post game um, yeah. conferences in calling her an assassin mm-hmm. because she comes off the bench. She's usually the sixth woman off the bench, but when she gets in there, she's going to give you quality minutes and she, you're going to get the most bang for your buck when it comes to Marine. This season, she's averaging 7.5 points, 1.5 rebounds, and 1.66 in just 19 minutes. Right. She can shoot the three, and she can drive to the hole. So she's one of those players that is super versatile on the floor. And like Becky said, she's going to come in, she's going to hit you with the one-two, and then she's going to go back on the bench. Yeah. And so she's so <laughs> necessary when we're talking about giving these starters rest which I think Becky also knows because she's having to use her bench a lot more these days. And so I think that a player like Maureen is the reason why coaches like Becky are starting to rethink like how they can use their bench. Because you have to have those two or three people off the bench that you know can give you quality minutes that can really get your team going when the going is going mm-hmm. and really just come in with that like extra umph that you need. And so Marina is one of those players. She comes from overseas. So she's got a lot of grit, a lot of heart. Um, and so I've really been impressed with her in New York specifically this season. She's really doing a lot of work down there and she doesn't mind coming off of the bench. You know, she will be bumped up to the starting five. If another guard is out, um, I don't necessarily like it when Brondello does her and Sabrina together because I think that their game is like so similar yeah. that I don't know if it works, but she's a great sub for Sabrina. I think that their game works in tandem with each other to where they can kind of balance each other out. Yeah. Um, so like if there's ever a, an instance where like the last game Sabrina was out or if Sabrina's just on a bench, like Marine is a reliable person to bring in and will kind of keep that same floor chemistry going. Yeah. So I've really been enjoying seeing her. Even though I'm a self-proclaimed New York Liberty hater, I definitely enjoy Marine Johannes, especially this season. <laughs> no, yeah. Honestly, like like you said, and like Becky said, literal just efficiency when I think of her. I just think of efficiency, like getting in there, knowing her role. And and I think that's been a huge kind of like ongoing discussion that we've been having throughout the season of the podcast of like knowing your role. And when you do know it and it's clear what your assignment is, what your purpose is on the team and how you can just elevate your team that way, because you're walking in your confidence, you're playing in confidence. You're not upset about coming off the bench. You're putting in the work. And a lot of times that's just going to get you noticed and that's just going to get you more minutes, honestly. So, I mean, even going back to Ty, like this year she hasn't gotten many minutes until recently. And and until that, you know, injury from Carrington and and that was her opportunity. Like her averages for the season have been like five points a game, maybe a rebound and maybe like one to two assists. But, like, you know, the more minutes that she gets and the more time that she's capitalizing on that, that's where you see the, you know, that's where you start seeing players flourish and understand what it is they bring to the table, what it is they bring to the game, to the court, to the team, and how they can just make everybody win. At the end of the day, you just want to win. Like, that's the main goal is to win however you have to do it. You don't need to be all over the stat sheet to do that. You know, like Sid has shown. And even that can get you 
minutes. And we've seen how Sid's even been. Sid Colson has been a great asset off the bench. You know, so I think now, especially in the postseason, um, you know, going into playoffs, that's when you really need to start utilizing your bench and making sure that it's deep and they feel comfortable getting in because you never know what could happen during these last few, uh, you know, weeks. So kudos to my girl, Johannes, too. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great pick, Sam. I like that. She's been she's been balling. She's definitely been balling. So, Jocelyn, where can they reach us on social media if they would love to interact with us? Well, duh. I mean, come on. Y'all should know this by now. My sophisticated spectators, come on down. Shout out to the old guy. The price is right. He passed. But anyway, come on down to IG, Beyond the Bleachers underscore. You can find us there. Connect with us. Talk game with us. Talk about who you got in the playoffs. Who are you excited to see? What upsets do you think are about to happen? Or what, or do you think we're going to sweep? Like, what's going on? We want to hear from y'all. So find us there on IG at Beyond the Bleachers underscore. And here's to another great episode. As always. We're rock and rolling now. So here's to another great episode. And Jocelyn, I will catch you in the next one. See ya. Girl, bye.